the Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Tim and Julie Harris broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Um, the emails keep flooding in. I'm so excited to hear you guys so optimistic. I was just reading a really great article um, on CNBC by Larry Kudlow, and he was talking about the fact that what makes for a great leader, the essence of what makes for a great leader is optimism, and you can't be a great leader unless you're optimistic. And I thought that is a great representation of how most of you guys are, um, well, at least representative by the emails that you're sending us. You guys are so excited, so optimistic. Um, and I, you know what? It's, it's well-placed optimism. You guys are on the right path. I, the news that's coming out about housing uh, the news that's coming about the economy, the people's mindsets, you know, it did feel like, if we're all being honest, um, and this is not a political thing, we don't really talk about politics on this show. Julie, are you on? I believe I am. Okay, so you are. So we don't talk about politics on the show intentionally because we actually have listeners from all over the world, um, mo- a vast majority, you know, over 90% in the United States and Canada and whatnot. But So we try to avoid it. Uh, but there is no question that there was a a very omnipresent feeling of pessimism that was taking over the economy. You know, it was getting kind of dark. And I think the reason was is because people were kind of settling into the idea that the country was going to become a little bit more uh, socialist. And again, I'm not trying to be political. I'm just trying to state facts here as I perceived them um, from talking to other business owners. And, you know, a lot of brokers and all that, they were all kind of fearful of what was going to happen next. We were, you know, they are fearful about what was going to happen with employee status, and they were fearful about what was going to happen with regulation. In some states, the states were getting a little bit more ambitious with how they were going about charging taxes. Some states, even though they don't call it a tax on real estate transactions, they're you know figuring out ways to actually charge. Uh, you know, you guys, you're living this. You know what it's like. Julie and I, when we sold real estate, we dealt with it too. It was, you know, it's ridiculous. That's the answer. And so I think a lot of folks were living, losing a little bit of their optimism. They were losing their their feeling like you know the best days are still ahead of us. I don't know if you guys felt like that, but that's the feeling I was perceiving uh, for the, like the past probably two years. Um, so you know I, I got so damn sick, and I know you guys did too, of hearing people say America's in decline and you know the jobs that basically are gonna you know are lost are never gonna come back. And I mean now we have this guy running the country who's a real estate broker for gosh sakes who's essentially telling us that, hey, guess what? None of those things have to be true. And he's proving already in just a very short period of time um, that it's not true. So here's what's happening. Even if you're an absolute Trump-hating person, as some of you guys are, and I get it, it's fine. I'm, again, not trying to be political. The optimism that's coming from people being encouraged about the economy, people being encouraged about being able to get jobs, people feeling optimistic that they can that tomorrow's going to be better than today and much better than yesterday, that is going to start to uh, you know quickly, and I think quicker than we can possibly imagine. It's going to start to show itself in in our industry and in housing, and uh, that's exciting. So we're going to see a lot more movement. We're going to see those people like there's a housing. You know, where it looks like 2017 and, I don't know, probably a good 60% of the country is still going to lack the inventory necessary to really kind of, you know, 
create enough uh, potential transactions for the, all the buyers that are out there and all the rest of it. It's going to be kind of a repeat, and probably, like I said, 60% of the country of last year where it feels like a seller's market, which, by the way, is like 15, 2015, 2014, so you guys have lived through this before. Now, the rest of the country, it's balanced. In some parts of the country, it's definitely a buyer's market. In some parts of the country where there's a hot seller's market, there's still parts of that, price, parts of that market, you know, price range-wise, where it's a you know, buyer's market. So you guys got to know your market, but that's a different radio show. Moral of the story is, if we're going to see my prediction, and that we're already seeing it in the numbers, you know, there's some numbers that are coming back, are coming out now that are looking back at the sales from late last year. I don't really, you know, you guys shouldn't really care about that. Who cares? Let's talk about what's actually happening now. And when we, and what I'm hearing from our coaching clients is I'm hearing a lot of people talk about uh, things that are, you know, we're sitting or going in contract. I'm hearing a lot of folks that are basically, you know, had sellers who are fence sitting who are now putting their houses for sale people were that you know all that so there is something that's changing it's too soon to tell whether or not this is going to be a temporary change you know dow 20,000 or whether this is going to be something that's going to last another generation i certainly hope it's the second because we our country and you know those of you guys who are listening who are in the military and those of you who are listening who are um you know maybe not feeling as optimistic as you should be i think it's now you have an opportunity to kind of change your course, change your mindset, change your approach to your business and also to your life. We're at one of those points in history. I truly do believe this. And I look, guys, and you know if you listen to the radio for the past couple of years, Julie and I were not predicting Trump was going to win. We were kind of, you know, turtling up and getting ready for another eight years and things becoming more government heavy. We were certainly anticipating that. So we were unbelievably surprised when that happened. And I think a lot of you guys were as well. But now that we're in this, on this different path, um, we need to make the most of it. And by we, I mean you, all of us. We need to make the most of it. We need to support the president. We need to support um, you know, small business. We need to remember, and if maybe you're too young and you don't know, you know, maybe you have only grown up in a time or your you know, conscious adult years have only been during a time when there's been sort of like a real heavy-handed, almost socialistic-type approach to um, governing. Um, and don't take offense by what I'm saying. You will, if hopefully you'll do your own homework and you'll realize what I'm saying is true. The capitalistic spirits are coming back, and they're going to be incredible. Um, and I'm so excited for all of you because you guys are in the right place at the right time. Because remember, everybody needs a house, right? So you're selling the right product as well. And we have, which I'm just happy, beyond happy to say, a real estate broker running the country, <laughs> probably the most successful real estate broker in the history of real estate who's actually our president now. I mean, come on, guys. Be optimistic. Julie, you have a couple of really great emails, and we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday talking about inventory hide-and-seek, 16 ways to make your own market. <laughs> inventory hide-and-seek. I like that. That's good. It's basically what it's yeah, come down to that. for many of us. Yeah, so yep. good writing, Gina. All right, so we're going to start with actually a question that was sent to you from Adam Antoniscus. Sorry if I'm killing your last name. I don't mean to. Antoniscus, I believe, is right from Thousand Oaks, California. He writes, hi, Tim. Thank you for all the value you provide on the podcast. I just joined Premier Coaching today, and I'm excited to start intelligently grinding away to get listings. Great first sentence of an email. Paying attention. Uh, <laughs> when favorite. you talk about... 
I know. It's awesome. He's already tuned in. When you talk about getting listing appointments, you make it sound so easy to get people on the phone and use the script. However, no one seems to have a landline anymore in our area. I typically door knock at least five expireds a day. Got to love that. But find myself getting into a discussion with the one to two people who actually answer, which makes the pre-listing package less effective for me. What strategies do you have to get expireds on the phone or to avoid having a 20-minute conversation before they read the pre-listing package. Thanks for your help. Adam Antoniscus in Thousand Oaks, California. Back to you, Tim. Any thoughts well, for him? I'll, First of all, yeah. good job door knocking and not using the phone number thing as an excuse not to reach out. I think that's great. So number one, use a uh, expired service. And you know we've talked about Mojo Cells before. There's quite a few of them. And what those guys will do is they'll find phone numbers. Are they 100%? No. Don't use that as an excuse not to call. So there's there's the first line of defense is basically use the service that's going to get the phone numbers for you. Um, the next thing is is you're going to have to discipline yourself to call earlier in the morning. You know, this isn't the mantra I have with all my personal clients. You guys can have this. I'm going to give this to you, right? So the rule I have with all of my personal clients, now are they all doing it? No, of course not. But this is what we're working towards, is every single day you have not done your job unless you set an appointment, a pre-qualified listing appointment, and you take a listing. So that's it. That's their entire business plan. And what I'm doing is I'm giving these – well, that's not their entire business plan, but that's their primary focus. And what I'm doing is I'm helping these guys set their businesses up so that is what they do. Everything else basically is delegated or not done because it doesn't need to be done in the first place. You know, there's just the amount of time that everyone wastes on social networking and all this other crap. You can just be eliminated if you have the mindset that every single day you're going to take a set a pre-qualified listing appointment and you're going to take a listing. So just start with that mindset. No matter what happens, those two things must happen every single day. So use a service that's going to give you phone numbers. Start calling earlier in the morning. If you don't set one, take one. If you don't do it, you know, to your business plan every single day, then you have to call on Saturday mornings. The other thing to do is call, well, like I just said, Saturday mornings, call the last day of the month, the first day of the month. Call on non-religious holidays. I say non-religious because people will be very pissed off if you call on a religious holiday. Um, and as far as, like, the other thing you could do is you could expand your area. I don't know how big of an area you're searching in. Chances are, you're searching in uh, your immediate area. Like you may be just searching within your MOS. You may be searching just the new expires. These are the, so I'm just I rolled into another suggestion. Go back. Like I was talking with um, one of my personal clients up in Reno, and you guys. He was on. His, he was, had a superstar interview. Uh, Joe, you guys can go back and listen to that. I can't pronounce his last name. Joe, if you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> but he just took. He called somebody that was a two-year-old expired. Are you listening, Julie? And that person. Yes, was a two-year-old expired, and they have three properties to sell, and they want to buy wow. their boss's house. Yeah, nice. how cool is that? That'll work. Right. One call, so call the four old... deals. Yeah, right. Oh, well, man. he's probably not going to get commission on the one they're buying. He's, they're buying it from their boss, but who cares? Ah. So, still yeah. three listings. So you, you do have a, uh, you know, go back further, expand your area in which you're searching. And remember, you can also go after the for sale by owners, or as we call them, um, unrepresented owners, and the first FISBOs will always give you their phone numbers, right? And then beyond that, when Premier Coaching, we teach you about 12 other ways to go directly after folks that have their houses for sale. Do not stop at the first bump in the road, which it sounds like you're trying to rationalize doing. Don't just say, oh, I can't find phone numbers. I like how you said I'm going knocking on doors, and that's great, but you've got to drill down. Remember, long-term, ever-increasing success comes from the mindset and the actions that follow doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That means you cannot quit. 
do yourself a favor, and I know this is going to sound, you know, almost counterintuitive, but for you guys to accomplish really big, meaningful things in your lives, you're probably going to have to um, isolate yourself, certainly emotionally, from other folks, because very, very few people are going to have the chutzpah to actually go after thinking big and acting even bigger. Um, and if you're going to have that as your as your uh, mantra, your personal you know, focus is going to be you personally having this be your best year ever. You, you're going to have to kind of drill down. You're going to have to, you know, focus on what we're teaching in Premier Coaching. Focus on these past podcasts. Go on the Facebook group. There's some negative nillies on the Facebook group, but you can ignore them and just, you know, connect up with the people that are always, you know, going the same positive direction as you are. If you're not in Premier Coaching, you're missing out. There's just no two ways about it. Everyone who's in it will tell you the same thing. And, you, and you know, Tim, I don't have the money. I got to wait. I, I have my credit. My this, that, the other. Don't worry about it. We're working with the lender that makes it so that when you use the student approval program, every single one of you can get into the Premier Coaching program. It's less than 100 bucks a month. Um, you know, there's no interest uh, for six months. And we obviously want to. You know, we've designed this so you could pay this thing off. It's only 2,750 bucks in the first six months. But this puts you in a position where you guys can have first-class coaching, the same level of coaching that we've been giving to some of the nation's top producers across the country. This is the reason so many people are referring to our coaching program as the number one coaching program in the country. Hey, don't believe me. I'm not bragging. Go to the website, timandjulieharris.com, and look at the testimonials. Look at the, the, the leaders in the industry that are recognizing you know, I say us, but the truth is they're recognizing the results that they're getting. They're recognizing you guys because of the fact that you're taking action on the information you're getting. Our success is your success. The only reason that we're being successful is because so many of you are with the information we've given you. So Premier Coaching is, you know, arguably, depending on who you ask, obviously a lot of the nation's leaders, I mean, Dottie Herman said we're the number one agents in the country and all that. So do look into joining Premier Coaching, less than $100 a month. Every single one of you can obviously afford it. You're already pre-approved no matter what your credit is or your situation. If you want to learn more about the Premier Coaching and allow us to give you six free books, including Real Estate Treasure Map, just uh, go to Free Coaching Calls for agents.com, or if you're listening on your desktop off timandjulieharris.com, which a lot of you are, you can just fill out that little form and you'll get all that information, and then you can uh, be connected directly with one of our new member coaches to learn about the coaching program. Um, guys, listen, you have to take the actions now. There, there really is no other viable alternative. Stop, detach yourself from the idea that it's going to be easy. That is lazy thinking. It's not. It's going to take some work. But once you've cleared the runway, long-time listeners know what I'm talking about, it does become easy because it's just monotony. It's doing the same thing over and over again. It's doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level, but you start to make money. And with that money, you can reinvest it. And with that reinvestment, you can start creating passive income. And guess what? Then your money starts working for you. Please do not give up on your dreams. If you've never had that dream before, hey, I just gave you one. Maybe that's a good fit for you, right? So, Julie, do you have another email, or should we get back to our topic? I'm going to save up the other one for tomorrow so we can do a couple of more points on our hide-and-seek inventory. And we, if you've missed the past two, we've gone through seven specific strategies. We're going to jump into number eight, which sometimes you guys take seriously and sometimes you don't. So we're going to talk about this thing known as professional networking. Well, here's the thing. More than ever, listing agents, you guys know this. The listing agents control the market. So network with the listing agents. i got news for you. All the listing agents we're coaching don't just have their active listings, but they've got a very robust pipeline of upcoming 
ready to hit the market in the next 30, 60, 90 days listings, and they've already got it signed. They're just going through staging. You know, the sellers are dealing with their relocation contracts, whatever the case may be. Those listing agents always have a pipeline if they're doing their job. So here's the thing. If you have yet to become the listing agent who is controlling the market, you've got to make that a skill that you learn this year. If you are living off of buyers, you're at risk of continuously being outbid. Maybe all of your buyers have financing and you keep on getting outbid by investors with cash or non-investors with cash. So keep hitting your head into the wall if you want to, but it would be better if you became the listing agent. In the meantime, network with the listing agents, right? Don't forget professional non-real estate networking like BNI, that's Business Network International, uh, Chamber of Commerce, Charity Events, Meetup.com. Attend at least three events like this per week to build your reputation as the go-to person for all things real estate. You know, one of my favorite clients lives in Chicago. She's taking listings, I kid you not, because she's going to church regularly, because she has a really great church network. Now, is she going up right after church saying, hey, want to list your house with me? No, but she does talk about real estate. They do know what she does for a living. They know her first as a great person who they know through their church network, and secondly, as a real estate professional. So both professional agent-to-agent networking and then out of real estate working too. Go ahead. Billy, that's not good enough for our listeners. You just said, you know, gay networking at church. Let's make it practical. Let's just actually tell them how to do it. I don't, you know, I loathe just, you know, not giving yeah. these guys stuff that they it's can actually write down and take action on. Right. So here's what I'd like you to do. These are both Julie's stories. I want you to tell, if you don't mind, the coaching client you had who no matter, she had a heavy accent, she wouldn't pick up the phone and prospect, she had never been a salesperson before. If you had, you know, picked out your perfect, you know, eat, Basically, she is in any stretch of the imagination should not have been in sales. And you had her as a client. She wanted to succeed. She had no choice. She had to earn money. And then tell this is the gal who wore the vest. You know what I'm talking about? Walk the dog oh, to the yes. charity thing. Yeah. Yes. Tell that. Tell that story. Great story everyone actually. can relate. And, and then and then and then I would like you to tell your story uh, about how you used to when you were in the orchestra. Back in Columbus, mm-hmm. how you used to network within your orchestra without ever having to talk about real estate because they always talked about you. So give these guys practical tips on how these things work. Well, excellent. So I want to start out with what not to do, which is just have a superficial relationship where they see you as only there for the business and you just say things like, when do you plan on moving? Without any precursor, without them getting to know you, trust you, love you as who you really are. That doesn't work. Never worked, and that's why most of you guys don't actually use that script, even though it's been around forever. So instead, you're going to be you talking about real estate. You're going to be yourself. You're not going to use any crazy scripts or anything like that. So first story, this is a great coaching client. She lived in a smaller town in Northern California. She came to me after going to another organization's absolute hardcore prospecting class, She was there with about 50 other agents. They were forced to dial the phone, dial, dial, dial. She was never comfortable on the phone, using scripts, prospecting in that manner. She actually left that event in tears because she had been told, quote, unless you figure out how to cold call, you're going to fail. Okay? So she had actually been in real estate for more than 10 years and was making a decent living, already making more than 100 grand doing it her way. But she went to this thing thinking, I'm going to try it out. I'm going to be brave. Ended up leaving in tears, okay? So our first call, she told me that whole story, and I said, well, you already are, you know, making decent money. How in the world are you doing it if you're not cold calling? You know, kind of playing into that. 
she said, well, I get some referrals. I do a lot of charity work. I'm comfortable giving back. She's very amiable. Absolutely in no way would come off as a, quote, salesperson per se. So after a couple of coaching calls, we figured out that she actually was – it's kind of funny to just talk about it this way – she actually was prospecting, and it was kind of cold. She was going door to door, but she was doing it while she was volunteering. Okay, she had this vest saying "Adopt Me." Well, what is that about? Well, so, so you skipped. You, she you, was you skip, she was sorry. working so, for a dog well, charity. Go ahead. Well, one of the things that she would do with her time is she worked for the dog charity. Julie and I did this a little bit in Laguna too. And one of the, you know it was this it was a private there, adoption uh, uh, no place. kill shelters basically yeah and no kill shelter and she would go there and she'd basically walk the dogs and she did it every day and she was just doing this because she loved animals and then so Julie had this coaching call a series of coaching calls with her and just kind of pulled out of her what she was willing to do and what she already was doing and they wrote those things down it came down to about a half dozen different things. And then the next conversation was, okay, let's do those. Let's organize those efforts. Let's schedule those efforts. Let's make those. And do more of, of it. Professional. Let's do more of what's working. Let's professionalize these efforts. And then, yeah, and then essentially her world changed. And so one of the, I'll tee you up, Julie, and you can finish it off. And so one of the suggestions that Julie had was, if you're going to be doing this every day, walking these dogs, and you love it, and something you look forward to, it's great. You know, Julie and I are animal lovers too. Um, why don't you get a vest? And so Julie and her schemed up an idea that so the dogs already when they walked when she walked the dogs the dogs were already wearing leashes and they had a re- little reflective vests on them. And so Julie had this idea. Why don't I? Why don't you put on a vest that basically says uh, what would it say, Julie? You can pick it up from there. Said, uh, ask how you can adopt me. <laughs> on on the lady's vest. On her yeah. vest. Now, what were we doing there? We were causing people to talk to her so that she didn't have to feel like she was cold calling, cold talking to them. They they were like, what does that mean? Tell me more about that. And that was her entryway into that conversation to talk about something she was already passionate about, which is volunteering for no-kill pet shelters and walking these poor dogs that were mostly in cages for most of their life. So she started talking about that, and they almost always would say, do you do this like – eight hours a day? What is it that you really do? And then she got to talk about real estate. Okay. Now within 90 days, she had eight pendings at all times for the rest of the year, which she could not freaking believe. I remember how overwhelmed she felt. It was great. (laughs) She was wearing her name tag, wasn't she? Mm -hmm. I mean, she was wearing like her broker's name tag. Yeah, she did wear her her real estate name tag, but the prevailing thought was ask about the pet adoption because that made her more right. comfortable talking to people. It's something she already right. had passionate for. So similar to that for me, and I don't consider myself a natural salesperson by any stretch, never have. Not, you know, I mean, I can lock myself in a practice room for eight hours and not blink. I'm more of an introvert, right? I know you guys don't believe that when I'm on the radio, but it's true. Okay, so we did a lot of center of influence transactions from my fellow musicians. Now, Did I get in their face and say, when do you plan on selling? No, I never, ever, ever did that. But what I did was two things. Number one, I always dressed nicer than whoever I was around on purpose. Why? Because people notice that and they ask what you do for a living. Opening the door to talk about real estate. And number two, I routinely would talk about real estate, what's happening in the market, maybe something about some transactions, things like that. I was not a secret agent, okay? But I also was not than in-your-face, cold-calling, you know, obnoxious type that all of you guys live in fear of. Okay, so what I'm saying to all of you is you've got to take this very seriously 
and network with people in and outside of real estate more than you probably would do normally. So how do you do that if you're not really all that comfortable? It's not your first thought that you ever come up with. Be yourself first. Be yourself talking about real estate second. And you'll be amazed at how many transactions come to you. Now, as far as our pet sitting gal goes, or our, you know, our dog walker gal goes, what's the advantage to that? Once people know that you are into pet charities, you've got common interests, automatically they trust her. Automatically she's not really a salesperson. She's just a pet charity person who happens to sell real estate. It's like she's in their club. When I was in with the musicians, you know, they didn't know 9 million agents because most of them were introverts. They didn't talk about real estate all the time. So once I did a good job for one of them, I was in with pretty much all of them. That's how it works. Now, whether it's music or a pet charity or anything else, a lot of you guys are really into sports. You're into things for your kids. Whatever it is, do more of it, right? It reminds me of uh, Dave uh, Bouthot in golfing too, right? He does probably 90% of his business from golf. So you think, well, that's a one-spoke wonder type. Well, what we did with him was we expanded how many golf clubs he belonged to and how often he was golfing and how many tournaments gave him some good scripts, and now he has like four or five golf-oriented Wait, spokes. You, 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 rolled into an, you rolled into a third example, which actually I was going to ask you about, but that's another good one. Um, and she, so there was another client, and, and he same situation. He essentially was somebody who, you know, he, he was reluctant admitting that he played probably too much golf, and he wasn't going right. to stop. And, you know, his wife didn't know he had this golf habit. I mean, you know, it was something he was kind of almost ashamed of. He wasn't going to prospect. He wasn't going to, you know, he just was, that's it. And he, he's doing well from just a little bit of business, but he wanted to take his business to the next level. All he was working was buyers. He didn't have, you know, that was it. So he, Julie started coaching him, and she, he, she had, talked about his golf. And, you know, okay, I hear I do this on Wednesdays. I go here, and Thursdays I go there. And so Julie made some rules, and here are the rules. You had to basically, when you play golf, can't play with golf the same people. <laughs> when you play golf, you have to basically walk away because you're working with it, you know, playing with a new group of guys. You're, you have to walk away with at least one lead. And so she started to formalize without, you know, being too salesy, all the things a guy was already organically doing. So when we talk about uh, different things you should be doing, when Julie talks about the business networking things and the church groups, and you can just expand upon that. In some of you guys, I know where your minds are going. I cannot be in those environments around people and have them perceive that I'm, I mean, all these ego things, and you guys probably don't know the hell I'm talking about, and that's fine, but that's really what it is. Read the book, Ego the Enemy. You're worried about how people are going to perceive you. So look, we're not going to be able to, for most of you, ever talk you out of having that fear. So we need to reposition how you actually think about it, and that's what we are just describing for you. Now, some of you those of you who will be successful this year or have listened to what Julie just said and are probably all thinking, you know what? I am doing this. I am doing that. And I've never actually, you know, how many of you guys are doing things, you know, your girls, your daughter's uh, brownie troop or, your, you know, whatever. How many of you guys are involved in those things, but you've never talked about business because you're, you're fearful of the perception that they'll have of you. Well, she's just gave you some strategies on how you can actually go about doing it. It's easy. People want to do business with people that are like them. I remember every year, you know, Julie and I would always track where our business came from, specifically listings. I mean, that was what we focused on. We had plenty of buyers, but the buyers came easy. When you guys have listings, you have to beat the buyers off with the stick. Remember I told you that. You never have to be buying buyer leads. Buying buyer leads is insane. Different radio show. So we'd always track. And I remember every single year, 
Um, Julie's centers of influence and past clients, and she is, as she's just described, not a natural salesperson, but what she is, was able to do is because she has these social groups, essentially these orchestras and whatnot, this is back when we lived in Ohio, she actually went, she started to pour more and more business from these groups. It was intense how much business she'd get from it, and I, I know my wife. I promise you, she never once walked into today's orchestra practice. Julie, I bet you never even gave out a business card unless somebody actually started a conversation with you. But it happened Possibly. because people want to do business with people that are like them. Yeah. And But the key is you have to get out there and do it. You know, the key is you have to go out there and do it with an intention of, of yeah, hey, guess what? I, buy, I, help, I, I, I sell real estate. Julie, if you guys were listening to what she said, the vest that she had her client wear was the trigger to the conversation. Okay? Right? Do you guys follow? Yeah. When Julie I mean, would go to her orchestra, yeah. When Julie would go to her orchestra practices, she told you, "Were you paying attention, listeners?" That she would intentionally dress nicer than pretty much everybody there. So then, eventually, people got to wondering why she always looked nice. And then the answer was, "Well, it's because I'm, you know, just came from work. I just came from a closing. My closing. I'm meeting up a client. Right. Right. A closing, and that would be a conversation that would lead to real estate. You guys get it." And fortunately, most times she was coming from a closing because we sold a boat ton of houses. <laughs> so, guys, you see how this all pieces together? That's the cool thing about real estate. You, you know, unlike, say, for example, what some of you are being led to believe from other coaching organizations or if you bought like a franchise that tells you have to do it this way and that's it. Real estate, you really can, you know, build it around your strengths. So much time and energy is spent trying to build your weaknesses. And honestly, guys, for most of you, that's a complete waste of time. That's the truth. As coaches, what we look for is what what your natural strengths are, and we build those. And the things you suck at, we just forget about them as long as we can get enough out of what, you know, you can get enough out of what your strengths are. You following us here? Do you guys understand? This is how it works. So listen, guys, here's the bottom line. We have to actually go and uh, get on coaching calls. We actually have a conference call. If there's anything we can ever do for you, I want you guys to feel free to email us directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. We really appreciate the emails. Your emails inspire us. Your emails, uh, you know, frankly, are um, telling us we're on the right path. If you have anything at all you'd like to suggest as far as show topics, anyone you'd like to have us uh, on as a guest, um, or maybe you'd like to be a guest. Email me, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Anything we can ever do for any of you, you guys reach out. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.